later this week, we're going to have, for the first time in a while, U.S. President uh, Joe Biden in Canada. John Kirby, a spokesman for the White House National Security Council, says there's a lot of things they're going to be talking about. One of them, of course, uh, will be trade. The president's very excited about doing this, uh, going up there and, and, and really going to Ottawa for no other purpose than the bilateral relationship. He has a terrific relationship with Prime Minister Trudeau, warm and friendly and productive. Uh, there's an awful lot on the on the plate there from everywhere from strengthening NORAD uh, to, uh, to climate change to obviously migration challenges, economic and trade. I mean, there's a bunch of things. We'll have more to say later in the week, but the president's very excited about this. Okay, so the pri- uh, president headed to Ottawa later this week. I think he arrives on Thursday, leaves on Friday. Um, it's his first visit to Canada since he became president years ago now, which is not usually how it works. Most U.S. presidents make a trip north far sooner than this. Uh, It's often their first trip as president, but not always. And we'll go into a bit of the history around these. Um, But okay, it's happening now. So what's on the agenda? It's a very important relationship. You heard John Kirby talking about it. Uh, Renan Levine joins us now, a professor of political science and an expert in American politics at the University of Toronto. Uh, Renan, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure to chat. Thank you. I think this is all about poutine. (laughs) That, that's what my inside sources tell me is that, you know, Biden has heard and, you know, it's been a while since the president has come and he heard that the poutine is just getting better. So he just can't find it in D.C. It's not the same. Yeah. So he needs to. We joke, but at the same time, you know, it has been a long time since Biden was he was here when he was vice president years ago. But you know what? When you take a look at this, Obama didn't come here and Trump didn't come here for a visit like this, for a one-on-one bilateral meeting. They were here. They were in Canada as part of multinational meetings and all the rest. So are we making too much of a fuss out of the fact that we haven't had Joe Biden in Canada, you know, since he became president? Because it doesn't always happen that way. During a pandemic. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, maybe I'm just a prickly. I I mean, I I am full disclosure. I am an American citizen. And, you know, I've been seeing some of this like, oh, you know, he should have come sooner. And I'm like, he's the first president since Bush to come here for a bilateral visit. Right. I mean, all the others, it was because, you know, you know, the three North American leaders were here or, you know, the G20. G20, Yeah. And and so it's like, oh, come on. Like, what are you doing? I mean, especially since, like, there's been a pandemic going on, <laughs> you know, Biden um, and, you know, Biden's, you know, young, 39 years old. I mean, he can he's got years to travel. still. Sure. Um, sure. So, I, I mean, Biden hasn't done much traveling uh, compared to some of his predecessors. Now, of course, why he's coming now, uh, I mean, if we set aside some grumbling and, you know, you know, perhaps some pride. Um, that, you know, let's keep in mind that now there's a Republican majority in the House of Representatives. Um, and what presidents generally do when they're dealing with a divided opposition and or thinking about reelection is that's when they start really traveling and like lots of photo opportunities where they look presidential on the world stage. Um, in this case, it's Joe Biden. So, I don't know how presidential he'll appear, but I'm hoping for at least one picture of him digging into some poutine. Um, But yes, this is what we would expect, you know, whenever you are a president is dealing with a divided Congress, because only the president can command this sort of gravitas of these international visits. But there are things on the agenda. 
Um, and interestingly, um, some of these things have only come up recently. So I think the only other retort to the people who are like, oh, why didn't he come two years ago? It was like, well, two years ago, like we weren't dealing with some high profile bank failures like out of the blue. Um, I mean, mainly in the U.S., but at least one, if not two of the banks had branch offices in Canada. Yep. Yeah. Um, and of course, this is in a symptom or a cause of the economic problems and the high interest rates and inflation that we're dealing with right now. So that's definitely something that needs to be on the agenda. And the other thing that's fairly new on the agenda is Haiti. Right. And that the U.S. would like Canada to take more of a lead in Haiti. Um, I my understanding is that Americans recently discovered that Haiti speaks French and they think that most Canadians speak French. And so they think that. <laughs> Um, that would make sense for Canada to take the lead. And, of course, Prime Minister Trudeau is like, um, you know, pardonnez-moi. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little reluctant, <laughs> to like, say yeah, the least. Yeah. <laughs> right, he's a little reluctant. So, you know, they have – there are a few things, and these are fairly new things to talk about. So, uh, you know, I give – I give both leaders some credit to say, look, you know, this is probably a moment not for a photo op, but to actually right. have some serious conversations. And the thing that I always tell my students when we have, you know, members of the diplomatic corps come to give talks on campus, what they usually stress is, is that, you know, you're doing your job as like, you know, foreign minister or even a lower level person. Um, if it doesn't have to go up the food chain to the top, you know, that you can resolve the problems, you know, with you and your associate on whatever desk you're working on, China or whatever it is, you know, in this case, Haiti, you know, so it's only when it's like, wait, we're at an impasse, we have yeah. to bring in the top people. And, uh, you know, the U.S. ambassador is, you know, fairly unusual in that got a lot of political experience, a long, long history with Biden. Um, and so I suspect that a lot of other issues have been discussed. And now there's, you know, hard to read into the press releases what exactly they're going to cover. But I suspect that they were at a point where there was enough things that they said, OK, the two leaders need to sit down because we've got a few things that they need to talk about, as opposed to having the ambassadors talk about it or you know, even lower level bureaucrats. And, and like you say, and I think a couple of things we know will come up. One of them is the economic situation that we have. And it's not only the banking that you mentioned there, Renan, although I'm sure that will be part of the conversation. There's also you've got the ongoing inflation issues that both countries are trying to deal with. And we're in slightly different places when it comes to interest rates. And um, so obviously there's going to be conversations. I mean, we're so closely intertwined when it comes to these kind of economic issues. They're going to have to have some sort of understanding about what's happening. So that's going to be on the list too, won't it? Uh, well, absolutely. I mean, when I talk about banking, I mean, clearly what's going on with inflation yeah. was either the symptom or the cause of you know, these banking issues. And I think there's a lot of real concern that any sort of little shock would this would be a really bad time, right? You know, so like when the Freedom Convoy like de facto disrupted the borders, right, and yeah. the shipment yeah. of the goods across you know, the Ambassador Bridge and whatnot, um, that that sort of little hiccup um, could have big reverberations. And you know, we, we live in interesting times. You know, it's a good it's a good time to listen to talk radio like your station. There's always um, something there's going, on. going on. And <laughs> so I think I think I think there's very much an interest of like we don't want to let any little problem go very far. And of course, I think that's part of one reason why the U.S. quickly moved in to, you know, secure three banks. And, yep, yep. you know, the Swiss government just took over, you know, just orchestrated a big bailout. So, 
Um, I think there's concern that, you know, we're in a precarious situation and that one misstep could really send us spiraling. What about security? I mean, we know with the balloons and that sort of thing, and just the general posture and behavior of China. I mean, you take a look at what's going on today. You've got the the leader of China in Moscow meeting with Vladimir Putin. I mean, we know that China is an issue that both countries have recognized as something that they need to deal with. How important is it they sit down around a table and say, hey, what are you going to do? What should we do? I mean, this is something that I think is in the face of a lot of Western countries right now. I think it's very important, and let's 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 go back a little bit in history too. Like, let's remember that one of the first things that President Trump did when he was elected was rip up a huge trade agreement that included yes Canada and the U.S. and a lot of you know Asian and Pacific countries that was des- designed to counter Chinese threats. Um, and you know, nothing, of course, was put in place fully to replace that. Right. So what we have had since that time has been a less robust stance by Canada and the U.S. toward not necessarily security threats from China, um, but, you know, the trading and economic threat from China, right, that there was these plans put in place, right? I mean, at least the intention. I'm sure some of your listeners will think that the implementation was not so solid, but the plan was, was that, you know, that big, you know, Trans-Pacific trading agreement was going to counter Chinese influence uh, on both sides of the Pacific. Um, and, you know, yeah, and that's certainly, if not anything, five years later, that's six years later, that's more of a concern for the U.S. and Canada than, than ever. What should we be looking for at the end of this? Is there going to be some grand proclamation, some announcement to be made, or is this just uh, two guys getting together and talking about you the know, issues their countries face? Right. I think that... I mean, I'd be surprised. I mean, look, I'm really bad at predicting the future. If I yeah. was good at predicting the future, I wouldn't be, you know, political <laughs> science professor talking on talk radio. I'd be day trading right now. Um, but um, usually when there's meetings like this, right, like a big proclamation would be telegraphed long in advance. Yeah. So at best, if there is going to be some sort of big proclamation or agreement, it's the next visit, right? It would be like, well, we're laying the foundations, and then when we meet again, something big will happen. But I don't think that that's in the cards for either of them. I mean, but there's going to be some, I mean, as I was talking about before, there's got to be some issues. I suspect that there's several fairly, you know, low-profile issues that were at a point where both sides thought the two leaders needed to talk it out and, you know, agree one way or the other. And uh, we may or may not hear about all those details now, but usually in the next year or two, you know, it becomes apparent when a policy has shifted. Hey, one thing I wanted to ask you, I forgot, uh, migration. That's been something that both sides of the border have been dealing with, struggling with. There's been a lot of focus on that. And I know there's a lot of American politicians that are pointing fingers at Canada saying, you've got to get a handle on this. You've got your own problem and it's affecting us. Migration will have to come up in these talks too, won't it? Presumably, except that, you know, it would probably be in the tenor of these two leaders talking about how their political opponents are making it a big issue. Okay. Um, but certainly, but certainly things like, you know, I mean, you know, there's still people coming from Ukraine. Um, you know, Canada has certainly been absorbing a lot of people and the U.S. It's not just Ukraine, you know, then and, and, you know, the, the continued presence of Donald Trump on the political scene is largely because of his continuing stance and the popularity of a closed borders, right, yeah. left immigration type of thing. And so, yeah, I, 
I'm sure those leaders will discuss it, but um, because I know they're both feeling heat over it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll see that they'll have some sort of united, you know, coordinated, you know, response to that kind of pressure. But that's not their that's not the issues that they really want to be talking about. Gotcha. My sense. Gotcha. Fair enough. Ron, thank you so much for your time. Always a delight. Appreciate it. My pleasure.